Yo, welcome to the first episode of The Last Time Out. Tonight we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. LeBron versus the choking Raptors. The baby dinosaurs, some people like to say. Um, I'm a huge LeBron fan, so I do see LeBron winning this series. Um, if not in five, then in a sweep. Um, Toronto is just not mentally there to beat them. I do like... Um, Toronto's big man in the post. Because, you know, that's one thing LeBron had an issue with his whole career is having a solid big to back him up. Tristan did good in stretches, but just Jonas is too big and too strong in the, in the paint. That's going to be an issue. That's going to be an issue. You have 21 rebounds, 21 points and 20 rebounds in the game. If you can get DeRozan and Lowry to wake up and put on a good run, that's unstoppable. With a blocker at the rim protecting, that's kind of hard to do. Um, but the, the main thing is that what the Cavs need to do tonight to win is keep the ball moving. Don't let LeBron get locked and look at the basket and, and isolation. Because if you look at his games and how he loses is the isolation basketball. He has a hard time of focusing on other players once they start to get hot get cold, maybe out of position. That play of basketball gets LeBron down by more than 10 points every single time. And um, game one was a good example of how the ball needs to be moved, how players hit their shots, and that helps LeBron, which is huge. Still no Kevin Love sighting, but hopefully, you know, we'll get some time with Kevin Love tonight um, to come up with some screens, some um, high pick roll. With instead of rolling, but he'll do a fade. Uh, Kyle Culver came up huge. Um, 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 J.R. Smith hitting shots. Tristan Thompson, again, is just amazing, man. It's, it's crazy. I don't know if LeBron helped him, uh, you know, with the with the girls and cheat and get his mind clear of the Khloe Kardashians spell. But so far, so good. You know, so far he, he's come in the last two games and been a big help. Um, I like Larry Nance. Um, far as a um, quick energy guy off the bench, but I do like decision with TT in the game uh, to bring the energy of the offensive rebounds, uh, the the box out positioning for rebounds. Because you know, if you notice in the Indiana series, positioning under the basket was a huge issue, and and, 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 it, and it was the same in, in in Toronto with you know Jonas getting twenty rebounds was crazy, but. In general, far as um, uh, 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 um, just getting rebounds and positioning, boxing out, uh, just being in the right place at the right time, uh, Thaddeus Young was just killing the offensive rebounds. Um, Sabonis came in off the bench, rebounds. Miles Turner tipping about. I mean, they was literally getting killed at the point of the rim. So, it's glad to see Tristan Thompson coming in, um, uh, rebounding, getting positioned for other guys to get rebounds. So, that's a plus. Another thing I want to talk about is how Rodney Hood is a no-show. Now, George Hill is a nice point guard. He comes in. He shares the ball. He has good ball handling, which Jose does, but he's just a little bit too old to kind of run the ball up and down the court. Now, he's a nice energy guy far as defensive, um, but shot selection and shot making is just unreliable. I, I'll bring him in. 
you know, if George Hill kind of tweaks something again, um, Jordan Clarkson is just playing erratic, which I do like him offensively, um, and 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 his IQ on defense, pick and roll, but just far as a one-on-one matchup, he is a liability. So if, if they switch and he's on DeRozan, I don't like that matchup. So that's what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, Ronnie Hood's a no-show. Um, I thought he's gonna be the big three-point shot maker. But it just seemed like, you know, I don't know if it's his twins or or he's just not used to this big moments in the playoffs with LeBron. But he kind of shrinks in uh, big time um big big time lights. So that's gonna be an issue going forward with Rodney Hood. He gotta show up. He gotta be there. Uh Kevin Love, he knows better. He's an he's a, he's a, he's an all-star. I know he has the hand issue. He has, um, you know, I think he said something about a panic attack. So maybe in road games, you know, I noticed he, it takes him a while to warm up. So maybe he's dealing with that. But this is probably one of the best teams. Um, well, I'm sorry. This is one of the worst teams that LeBron has played with. But this is one of the some of the best uh, play that LeBron has done. Um, Pre-LeBron, there's something similar like this. But I think LeBron has been a little bit more wiser, been know what it takes to get to a championship. Uh, I just think that all that weight and bury and 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 carrying helped him learn from this, you know, time from far as being in Miami, you know, being with D Wade and, and Bosch and, and just going to so many titles at one time, is is pretty remarkable. Um, and far as Toronto, what? Now, here are some points on what Toronto needs to do to win. And here are some points. Here are my top three points on what Toronto needs to do. Number one, play pass ball. If you look at the Wizards um, matchup in that series, the ball was flowing freely. The ball was moving left to right, in and out. They couldn't stop. The Wizards had a hard time just keeping up in the momentum of the of the Raptors, number two, get Ibaka more involved. I don't understand why he's such a liability right now because the offense is is not going through him. It's, it's some some instances, but he's in a very experienced playoff player, a very experienced defender, and a very good shot maker from the mid range. I feel like they need to get him more involved just to make this the series competitive and make another threat that the Cavaliers going to have to own up to. You cannot leave a wide-open shooter like Kyle Lowry or when C.J. Miles come in. You can't leave those guys open. They're going to make shots. Sometimes Kyle Lowry, he's just such a streaky motherfucker, man. It's crazy. But if you have a bucket at the mid-range shooting a nice mid-range touch, as we've seen, he can make those standing shots. So if you have uh, a good, like, nice lineup or a pick-and-roll and one of the Cavaliers players didn't rotate or switch too hard. He's going to be open. They got to look for him. And number three, this is the most very important part. As a look right now, the Cavaliers are playing small ball. Jonas had 21 and 20, which is still kind of ridiculous. Um, they are, they're going to have to play inside out at times. They're going to have to throw it inside, let him make the pass, or let him make the, the post move. You're either going to have Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson check in. Jonas, which is a huge matchup. And again, I said this in the beginning, this has been LeBron's Achilles heel on his team. He doesn't have 
a solid big man. Kevin Love is a nice big man. He's a nice stretch forward, like kind of like Bosch, how he was. But he doesn't have that guy like Abaka. Abaka would have been nice on the Cavaliers. He can shoot. He can defend. He can slash. He can, you know, grab rebounds. He, he's, a, he's a nice asset that LeBron never really had in his career. Even going far back at, at Gauskas. I mean, he was a nice big man. He was a big, strong, but he wasn't athletic. He didn't go up and, and, and snatch down rebounds. So that's one thing LeBron never had on his team. Uh, was a dominant, not dominant, but a, a nice serviceable inside presence of a big man. Um, and that's game one, which is at 6 o'clock, which is weird, man. Super early. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm on the East Coast. Um, game two tonight is Boston versus Philadelphia. Two young guns. The East, the, 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 the East uh, premier teams, the, the, the rookies of the East, you know, uh, the, the, the generation after LeBron. It's coming on at uh, 8.30. And that's going to be a great game. I do still like Philly in this matchup. But I also feel like that the Celtics might still win this because it's such team. It's it's kind of like baby warriors without the superstars. I mean, the way they move the ball, cut, pass, find the mismatch. Um, Brad Stevens, definitely a future Hall of Fame coach. Uh, the way they come out of timeouts and score instantly. I think they're number one, number two, of a timeout scoring. That means once you come from a timeout, they score the basketball, which is remarkable. I mean, just think about it. You're scoring a ball, that's easy two points. And if you think how many timeouts, you know, an average team uses or what the NBA give you, uh, which is seven timeouts per possession. I mean, I'm sorry, per half. You're talking about, you know, 14 to 28 points if you score. Of course, you score every time. But points given to you off just coach alone, which is crazy. And that's why I think he's one of the best. Pop is still the best, but he's the maybe the second best coach in the NBA. I do like the coach from the um, Utah Jazz. I'm also, you know, a big um, D'Antonio fan. But... Right now, he might be the clearest second best coach in the NBA. The clear number two. Um, the, the three keys for both teams. Number one, for Boston, keep moving the ball. They help with Scary Terry and the rookie Tatum and, and, and Horford. And even uh, Marcus Morris is just hitting. It's crazy. Um, but the ball, the ball movement is what gets these guys open. The ball movement to swing to the left. The ball movement swinging to the right. That's what gets you guys open. If you notice, when Boston stopped moving the ball, they take a lot of bad shots, uh, shot clock violations, uh, bad mismatches as far as defending for the Sixers. Or sometimes they put up a heave where if they just move the ball one more time or have guys sprinting and cutting and, and, and running out off ball screens, it would have been open. Number two, feed Horford and Scary Terry. Those two guys are the difference makers. Yes, Tatum is great, but he's also getting checked by a great defender, either with Simmons sometimes or Covington. So it's going to be kind of hard to get Simmons, I mean, I'm sorry, Tatum uh, easy looks without setting off-ball screens. 
But I do like Tatum uh, coming off uh, screens, coming off uh, pick and roll as the roll guy, uh, going towards the basket. But he's going to have a tough time with Covington or sometimes Simmons because I think that Brett Brown is going to switch that matchup and have take Sarek off of Tatum and maybe put more Covington or Ben Simmons. Because you got to think, Jalen Brown is also in factor as well. And number three, talk on defense. A lot of the times uh, when when the Celtics came out in, in defense and Phillips was going to run, they wasn't talking. Blow buys, no rotation over. Um, they, I know they're a young team, so this is some things they got to learn on the fly because they are in the playoffs. They have to talk. I see a lot of times guys putting their arms up, pointing, getting distracted. And that's when, you know, the greatness of uh, Brad Stevens come in and calls a timeout and just get these guys on the same page collectively together as the same one unit, which is great. Now, for the Sixers, number one, pick, roll, and beat Simmons. I didn't see it enough. I seen Sarek. I seen Reddit. I didn't see Ben Simmons and... Joe MB set pick and rolls. If you look back at the uh, 2005-2006 Phoenix Suns, Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire was unstoppable. I give another example: pa- Tony Parker and Tim Duncan was unstoppable. Those are your two best players on the floor. You have to utilize them in every single possession because after those two players, it's a far drop in talent. On the floor. When you guys set a pick and roll with Ben Simmons and Embiid, Reddick gets open. Bellinelli gets open. Robert Covington gets open. Darius Sarek, when he's setting an off-ball screen or cutting, he's open. If you're looking at Heat Series, that's exactly what they did, and that's exactly what they got. Open looks from other players, cutting players, or Simmons to the rack, or Embiid with an easy catch lob. That's what needs to happen. Every single time. If you look at James Harden and Capella, that's what those guys need to be for for the Sixers. Set a high screen, isolate high screen, make the defender switch, but let them make the decision and give you your, your open look. Every single time the Rockets do that, it's a person open. Um, I mean, well, from last night. But still, when they made their run, it was falling. Number two, play small ball a little bit more often. I I, I like when Ilya Sova um, is, is in um, far as the uh, big man. He's playing the three. I mean, playing the four. Covington at the three and Reddick at the at the two. I do like that. Uh, far as uh, uh, Dario Sarkin, I I I do like that. Um, it, it helps the the balance of the team. It helps. The team flow as one. It helps. Everyone involved gets gets open look. And and those are my top three uh, uh, ideas for tonight's game. Football. Ooh, I've been wanting to talk about football, man. <laughs> I've been ready. Um, the, the draft was amazing. I see a lot of fantasy potential. I see a lot of... Uh, 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 team upgrades from the first and second round. Um, far as um, uh, the Cardinals, um, 
This gives I think Rosen is a sure fire player, which means this gives Larry Fitzgerald what Cam Newton did with Steve Smith. He's gonna bring his career back and make him that all pro, all star player like he was. Um, I mean, this is in the books. This is in the books. This is in the books. I mean, I just see 2011 Cam Newton all over this. If if you don't, you missing something. Cam Newton brought back Steve Smith's career. I feel like Josh Rosen would do the same thing for Larry Fitzgerald. Guys, if you need a late round wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald. That was one. Uh, that was one of my great picks. Um, the running back situation in Cleveland. I love Carlos Hyde. But I think you have a two-for-one, like a Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman thing going on in Cleveland. You can get both of those guys, man. I'm telling you. Hyde can catch at the backfield, as we've seen in, in, in San Francisco. And Nick Chubb is an instant highlight tape if he gets that open cut, open lane. Um, I, 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 I feel like this is a fourth-round, maybe fifth-round pick. If, if you're a uh, running back, heavy uh, draft, if you see you know a lot of – Owners taking running backs heavy. I think those two guys are sleepers that you can pick up. Um, I feel like Saquon Barkley is going to be that Ezekiel Elliott um, as he was his rookie season. So uh, be careful for that, guys. Be careful for that. Uh, pay attention. Um, the Giants are in a defensive front heavy division. Um, they like to, you know, clog up the, the middle and get to the quarterback. So, you know, if 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 Eli can, you know, pass the ball uh, in an effective manner, I think Saquon can be good. But I think him being a first-round talent is an overhype statement. Overhype statement. Um, Calvin Ridley. With the Falcons. Guys, 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 guys. This is a hot pick. Hot pick. Sleeper pick. He has Julio Jones on the other side of him. Just think about that. Julio Jones. He is going to be what Sterling Shepard was with the Giants. Because of all that Odell eyeballs and double coverage and and, and, and zone coverage, he's going to be open. He's going to be open. And if you think about it, him and uh, him and Julio, both Alabama alumni, will be in a di- dynamic duo. It's going to be hard to stop. And he's a rookie, so he's not going to catch on to NFL, you know, defenses. And, and he's going to have to get used to the cornerbacks in that press press corner, <clears throat> strong corner, big corners every single day and every Sunday. But I feel like with the pressure of that Julio's getting, he's going to be open, guys. He is going to be open. Pay attention to that. That's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. 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 Um, Rashad Penny from, from the, the Seattle Seahawks. Rashad Penny is a huge pick in the draft for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, how they offense runs is run, 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 throw. Um, yes, you have Russell Wilson, which is a threat. Um, yeah, the offensive line is pretty shaky, but Rashad Penny hits those holes really quick. If you look at his tape from San Diego State, 
he had plenty of games. I mean, look at it. It's San Diego State. San Diego State. And he's the all-time rushing record at his university in San Diego State. You know, in, in the in the in the WAC conference. I mean, I, I just think that he has the potential to be a breakout star. I mean, this pure breakout star. He's gonna bring that quick speed guy, that 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 balanced running attack, um, which they really need and they struggled with last year. They didn't have in Seattle. I, I I think he's gonna I think he's gonna bring that mojo. DJ Moore. Okay, DJ Moore with the Panthers. You give Cam Newton another weapon, you give Cam Newton more wins. Simple as that. Cam Newton, the more weapons, because, you know, the the, the, the uh, drop by Kelvin Benjamin, this give Cam Newton another stud to throw to. I mean, this guy is unbelievable, man. The, the people, Some people say the best wide receiver in the draft. I'll say maybe he's maybe the best route runner receiver in the draft. Uh, he's kind of uh, raw far as uh, open field, um, uh, shake and bake. But far as a pure catcher, he's, 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 a, he's a great guy, man. I, I really feel like um, that, the, that, the, that the Carolina Panthers got Cam another weapon, which they thoroughly needed, which is great. I mean, absolutely great. Absolutely great. Um, and, and far as fanny, fantasy in general, with all the shake and, and, and makeups, guys, pay attention to Martavius Bryant with the Raiders. He's going to be the number three receiver, right? Which means he's going to be in the outside sometimes, maybe the slot. I mean, the Raiders can be a scary team. If they, if John Gruden puts it together, the Raiders' offense can be a powerful mechanism. Um, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what type of plays and, and offensive scheme that we're going to get. Um, he said 1998, which means power running and and throw on second downs and run on third. Hopefully, we, we get a, a balanced system um, of, of that 1998, maybe like tweaked and, and more modern with the uh, current schemes. But if they plan it right and they do it right, this offense can be explosive. It, it kind of reminds me of the Steelers. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith, uh, Smith, and uh, Martavis Bryant himself. Um, if they can, if they can put it together like the the Todd Haley did with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, this team can be a uh, force to reckon with. Seriously, just on the offensive standpoint, really doing that. The one thing they have to do is get Khalil Mack's uh, money right because you do not want to let him walk. I repeat, you do not want to let him walk. We see now the Broncos in that division is stocking up defensive talent like it's nobody's business. The San Diego Chargers, Bosa, Melvin, I mean, those guys are stocking up defensive prospects. Darwin James, they better get it right. They better get it right. Or they're going to blow on a huge advantage in the NFC, AFC West. I'm sorry, I apologize for that. Now we're gonna switch into some some early early college football talk. Too 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 early college football talk. Um, one thing I I, I really want to see uh, this year is uh, Oklahoma post 
Maker Baker Mayfield. I I, I know that, that that program has a lot of stud and, and stars, but I, I really want to see. You know, you one thing you always want to do is pay attention to a big school when they lose a big quarterback, and just watch how that school build back up. Was it the quarterback? Was it coaching? Is it really recruiting? Is it you know? Just the university in general. I, those things I like to watch post a big Heisman quarterback or a big-name quarterback or a first-round talent quarterback. What does the university do next? Um, I'm also curious to see uh, Florida State post uh, Jimbo Fisher. Sorry about that. Got kind of brain fart. J- Jimbo Fisher. And I want to see Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M. I want to see those guys in those new positions challenging themselves in the new conferences. Because Jimbo, was he wanted the big boys, he got the big boys. He's there, Texas A&M. A lot is on his plate. Can he handle that pressure? Clemson, can they, can they, Alabama is going to come back with fire and fury. We know that. But right now, I'm looking at the ACC, and it's kind of weak. <clears throat> yeah, you got Miami, but are they really a threat? Yeah, you got Virginia Tech. Are they really a th- threat? Lamar Jackson is gone. Is Houston, I'm sorry, is Louisville really a threat? Clemson has this conference in the bag. Now, the next question is, can they finally eclipse that that that, that dominance at the championship run. I mean, really, it's Alabama, Georgia, because that freshman quarterback is unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. So there's things there that they need to conquer, need to jump over. Um, another team I'm looking at is Florida. Is Florida going to come back? Is this the year that Florida comes back and makes his big name known? As a, as a school, I mean, that's a premier, premier college university. What about USC? Sam Donald has entered the draft. Are they going to be back? Is Clay Hilton, Clay Hilton a really good coach to lead that team back to its upstart when they had Sam Donald? Or was that a fluke? Again, back to my original argument. Is the college is it the college quarterback or is it the coaching? Some people say, oh, it's the, it's the quarterback. But some people say, hey, man, it's the system. Each year we find out which one it is. We find out. No matter how good the next quarterback is, is he, if he's that good, the coaching will prevail. We'll see. We'll see. Um, This will be it, guys. This is the first episode. I'm going to continue to work, um, get better. Um, send me your questions. Uh, join me live for a debate. Um, And as always, guys, stay up to date.